0: Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Caspic, and on this show we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. And coming up on today's show, we are joined by the great Javier Reyes, the host of Locked on Padres. We are on YouTube here, so Javier is to my right and uh, Javi, welcome to the show. We're going to talk Giants of Padres today. I'm looking forward to it.
1: I'm looking forward to it. I have been looking forward to watching the Padres literally at all lately. But I'm looking forward to talking about that with you because it's been a while. And honestly, so much has changed since the last time we've talked. Literally, everybody just go look up the episodes. It's been like a few months or so because for some reason, the the Giants games were against the Padres and vice versa were a lot earlier on in the season. And then they just never played each other again. So that's, you know, MLB scheduling and whatnot. But I'm super excited for this. Let's ride.
0: Yeah, it's amazing how the baseball season is so long and so many different Uh, twists and turns happen in a season and it would be super fascinating if anyone like had the time to go listen to our crossovers like starting in the offseason or even last year and just checking in on the state of these two teams just by listening to what we had to say and how things really really can change and I know consistently for me you'll hear me talking about how the Giants are underrated I think they're going to overperform people's expectations Uh, And that has happened. But the story with the Padres, we both agreed, of course, we, you know, it it didn't take a rocket scientist to see that the Padres got a lot better. They were good in 2020. And then they they make these major moves in the offseason, bringing in you, Darvish, bringing in um, Blake Snell and Joe Musgrove Mm -hmm. and on and on. Uh, And it started off fine. And and there was there were kind of major issues like we didn't none of this. And then all of a sudden, basically, is what I'm trying to say, all of a sudden you look up and the Padres are 20 and a half games behind the Giants in the standings on September 15th. The Giants have clinched a playoff spot. The Giants have eliminated the Padres from NL West contention. It just happened so fast. Can you just give me I mean, you could probably write a
1: book about this season. Yeah. Padres, I mean, but what is going on, dude? I don't know, man. Look. Okay. So it's funny. Like, as you mentioned, they were 53 and 40, uh, if I am not mistaken, Yes. They were 53 and 40. The first half of, you know, the season. Yes. It was a little bit frustrating at time. Cause it was like, all right, why are we losing to Colorado and the nationals and even worse, the, the diamondbacks. But, You know, it's like, okay, you we basically learned the Padres aren't gonna break the regular season Mariners record. That's kind of like my vibe, at least, coming out of the first half. They're not gonna be an all-timer team, but still a very good team. And now they are 30 and 39 on the road. And they second half more importantly, they're 21 and 30. I remember just two days ago, they had a 16.6% chance to make the postseason. Now it is, according to baseball reference, 6.4% percent to make the postseason so things have changed over the course of just two games against the Giants and there's a reason for that and that's because running out of games uh to make up ground it is hilarious I will say by the way that the Reds and the Mets and like all these teams like seem to not like the wild card spot I mentioned this on my show yesterday it's just the Cardinals are all of a sudden just there and they're just kind of like I mean I guess we'll take it like (laughs) they're like okay if you guys really don't want it fine (laughs) we'll make the postseason with you know Adam Wainwright at age 45 throwing the most innings of like any pitcher and apparently they're getting uh production out of JA Happ and um what's his face John Lester now so it's just like of course they are uh, it's just such a cardinals thing the padres basically went from being a very good team not elite like god tier all-timer like i said with the mariners but they went from that to being I mean, it's almost unrecognizable. And I think people hadn't realized how much of a fall off they've had. I mean, yeah, you have Tatis still. I've sent you a DM saying, like, hey, here's the keys to being the Padres. Uh, Just make sure you get Tatis out and you're good. That's that's the only thing that you have to worry about with the team. Their starting pitching is the only thing that has at least shown some signs. But every time someone steps up, in this case, it's been Blake Snell. Uh, who was a disaster for the first half of the season. And now, last month and a half, has been one of the best pitchers uh, in the National League. That is not exaggeration. His strikeout rate in August was the highest of any pitcher in baseball, which was rad. But then he gets hurt. You know what I'm saying? Then he gets hurt. And then on top of that, you Darvish regresses. So every time a player steps up for the Padres, someone else, they don't just become a Jordan Montgomery. They don't just become a... Tommy La and an average kind of player, they become borderline like unplayable. And that's one of the problems with the Padres is that there's no middle ground with their productions. Just either really, really great Tatis, Musgrove, Snell, Machado, or Tommy Pham, who is the worst batter in baseball when it comes to runners in scoring position. Seriously. It's, I think his WRC plus is like 30 with runners in scoring position. So it's, it's been, it's been a nightmare, man. How do you explain that? and, uh, I mean,
0: like I said, there's there's probably too much to even get into for just one show. We could probably do a week's worth talking about this. But let's talk about you, Darvish, just as an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, on the outside, and I haven't like read a whole lot about what's been going on with him. But for me, doesn't it uh, correspond pretty well to... Uh, when the crackdown on the sticky substances happened, I don't want to accuse him of anything, but i i, I um set a—you know—I look back at what are his stats after enforcement began on June 21st, when umpires started checking pitchers, and uh, a ten-game suspension without teams being able to replace that player on the roster went into effect. And since that date, Yu Darvish has made 13 starts. And he has a 6.55 earned run average. 6.55 in 13 starts, mm-hmm. 66 innings. Peripherals, I mean, are good. The strikeout rate remains good. But the home runs is is really what yep. jumps off mm-hmm. the page. Yep. Two and a half, basically, home runs per nine innings. And we That's got a insane. taste of that in the first game of the series. Darvish went four innings against the Giants, allowed Ugh. eight earned runs on four homers. And they just were... He, I mean, and the command, he was throwing fastballs like halfway to home plate and some of them, you know, the Caratini would set up like on the outside corner and it would go Mm -hmm. on the inside side of the plate and like five feet over Caratini's head. Like, what the heck is going on with with you, Darvish?
1: I mean, yeah, like you have moments like the Buster Posey home run the other day when it's just like. Yeah, I think that is a little bit of good hitting, but just missing spots or was that Jake Arrieta? I can't even remember at this point. It was but
0: Arrieta, and that was, crazy. It, was it was like a, f- a foot and a half off but the inside
1: corner. Moments like that have happened with Darvish too, uh, and it's just like you said, and it's like I mean, we say like one and a half home runs per nine can be rough sometimes, right? But now mm-hmm. it's like you look at like that's insane. I didn't even realize how much his, how bad his home run uh, home run rate was. I'm starting to wonder. I mean, yes, the sticky stuff, that's the common belief by everybody. And I also agree. I think that there comes a point where it's just like, all right, dude, like, this is just too obvious. Like, you have James Karantzak over the American League who got sent down to AAA. And you, Darvish, if not for being you, Darvish, and having the big contract that he has, being kind of a star in baseball, maybe he gets sent down to the AAA mm-hmm. level at some point. But I'm starting to wonder if it just maybe it's age. He is 35 now. He just turned 35 in August. It's possible that just – we talk about this all the time in baseball. It's the sport that out of every major sport that guys can go from being elite level to not just uh, they're okay now. No, they go from being elite to just kind of useless and just a, a borderline liability is what you Darvish has been uh, very, very quickly. It can happen. It's reminding me of um, – a few years ago, to make a football reference, because football has been on my mind a lot lately. Uh, Peyton Manning of the Broncos Hall of Fame quarterback. Everybody knows who that is. He was having, like, a, he had that historic season the year before, followed it up with a great first half. He was, he broke the all time touchdown record. And then at like, it was at one point, it was like week 10, week nine, week 10. It was just gone, completely gone. He could not throw the ball. Everyone thought it was just a, a weird mirage. And then the next year it was like confirmed. No, he's done. And that just might have happened with you, Darvish, here. I think that that's been accelerated by the, the crackdown on the sticky stuff. But when I watch him pitch, it's like, like you said, the peripherals, the stuff doesn't look terrible. Like, he's still got good movement. He's still got a nice repertoire of much of pitches. But he just gives up home runs every second. I don't know. Is he tipping pitches again? Which he famously did in the World Series. Like, maybe that's could be what's happening. But over 13 starts worth? I don't know about all that. So I'm starting to believe that it's a combination of age And the fact that the sticky stuff has really, really, really hurt him. Um, I think that that's kind of obvious. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot of pitchers that have been abusers of the sticky uh, stuff. A word that I would like to retire from my vernacular, by the way, for the rest of time. I've said it so much this season, uh, but it's true in this case. But even guys like Scherzer, they've had a little bit of peripherals like on their fastball, but he didn't be. Instead, what is his ERA under one ever since the trade deadline? Like he's been able yes, to be like, all right, maybe is. I don't throw my fastball as much. You know what I'm saying? So he's adjusted. You Darvish has not. And it's really hurt the Padres. And like I said, with Snell, even though he's stepped up and even though we have Musgrove, well, you Darvish can't be used now. So every time a guy steps up, someone else just becomes just unplayable and it's really rough.
0: Yeah, so coming up next, I want to get more into this and I, I really want to explore that conversation about uh, what we were talking about before we started recording, looking at uh, the preseason expectations, some of our green rooms mm-hmm. from before the season, talking about uh, how what people's expectations for the Giants were versus what's uh, happened this season with them. But before we get into that, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you came, catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's log in for the good stuff. Well, I wanna tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package.
1: Well done. Well done, sir. <laughs> yes. Very well done.
0: <laughs> and as promised, here in segment number 2 as we like to call it, uh I guess I want to I want to ask you, like, what what exactly was it that um, you were referring to before we started recording? Uh, You you brought up a really interesting kind of topic for us to discuss uh, regarding the Giants and preseason expectations.
1: Yeah, basically, we, you and I have talked about this a lot, which is that people really love to complain when it comes to baseball. They like to act like they know everything and that teams that they, for some reason, they, they don't know how to look up baseball reference. You know what I mean? Like, that's all they do is they look up baseball reference. They look up, you know, fan graphs and they're like, oh, wow, this is my fly ball rate. Wow, I didn't know that. Oh, my gosh. It's like, no, these guys know this. They also know a whole lot more than us. Um, preseason expectations. We had a green room. Early on in the year, and I still remember it, um, it was actually called Locker Room at that time. And it was really fun. We were talking uh, over the course of a Giants-Padres game, I believe, and the Padres had won. And I remember one of your listeners, viewers, whatever you want to call it, Was in the chat being like, you know, asking us questions and being like, well, what the heck? The Giants, like, I know that they're rebuilding for the future, but still, you look at the Padres, look at the moves they made, and you said, why didn't the Giants do anything? All we did was bring in Anthony Discafani. All we did was bring in, you know, some of our players back, like Buster Posey comes back this year, and just kind of complaining. And you were just kind of like, look, they weren't expected to be that good. It's okay. There's still like a fringe wildcard season. Also, it's a long season. Ben, you are a prophet. It is a long season. That was like maybe two, three weeks into the year. And now look at the Giants. They're a home run hitting machine. And I, I think that the whole point of that we got to know about this is that baseball is just one of those sports that it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You can't make these takes over the course of a week. You can't be like, cuz i remember when everyone said the phillies are going to make the playoffs remember that it was like right after the all-star because they swept the nationals wow yeah congratulations <laughs> on beating that pitching staff that must have really been a lot and then they swept the mets and everyone's like oh i don't know you look at philly and they got no like everyone like feels the need to make the most obvious takes when it comes to baseball based on what's currently happening i got crap thinking the blue jays could make the playoffs a few weeks ago and now look at them now everyone's like yeah you're right man the blue jays are great it's like yeah <laughs> Yes, like this is what happens in this sport things change so so fast I think the takes that you can have are on players little you know kind of tendencies you've seen but in terms of all encompassing takes on entire teams the Padres and the Giants have shown you why you don't do that I I think rather definitively um granted I think that the Padres thing is still kind of remarkable how much they've regressed uh but the Giants more so and just being like these fringe teams that just completely broke out Darren Ruff the best player on the planet I loved uh your tweet that you put out, you do this thing with your tweets when you're like highlighting giants players, where you use a different font for the name where it's like a regular outline, like Tati Soto Darren rough, like in like a weird, like little <laughs> font. And it kills me every time, but it's true. The giants have had all these undervalued players that have just broken through and are an example of why we just don't know, know everything. And Zaidi clearly is just uh, um, a world grandmaster. Yeah. He's just the goat. I mean, he's, he, this is Queens gambit. He's Beth. He made the final move. He's, he's been killing right. it. Nobody saw it coming, man. Right. And I, I, before
0: we re- started recording, I was trying to remember what you were referring to. And as you were describing it, it totally, I remembered exactly that, that moment. And that, that question that I was being asked. And basically he was complaining, the the listener was complaining about uh, the giants being like a big market team and Not really, you know, responding to what the Padres did or not being as aggressive as what the Padres, Mm -hmm. you know, as aggressive as the Padres in the offseason. Padres made these kind of major moves. And I I recall now part of my answer was also what the Padres did is very unusual. It's not like teams go out this and do go out there and do that all the time, Mm -hmm. but also. What it's reminding me of is something I had to say a lot during the offseason was that the Giants are really, really deep. I said this over and over depth, depth, depth. And that has proven to be just a major reason why they are 95 and 50, right? Like, let's just take mm-hmm. a moment to say they're 95 and 50, <laughs> which is unbelievable. They very, very well. It's incredible. Made- break the San Francisco Giants record for best record in a season which is 103 wins they would only have to go 9 and 8 to to beat that but the depth has just been a major reason why they are where they are every single guy who has come onto this roster and it's not just 26 man depth it's 40 man depth because when people have gotten hurt the guys who have come in to replace them have provided value they're not just throwing out Players who are not performing, which is typical in a baseball season, it's usual, it's normal for if you have some injuries or unexpected really poor performance, and you have to kind of go to somebody else, it's usually injuries. Uh, But if you have a few of them, you end up having to play just kind of random guys. Look look around the league, watch any given game on any given night, and there'll be these kind of random guys that you're like, where? Why are they playing? And -hmm. it's usually because somebody's hurt. And the Giants don't have that. I mean, not everybody's necessarily going to know every single player. um, But, you know, the Tyro Estrada's of the world, the Jason Vossler's of the world, Darren Ruff. I mean, he's not really depth. I mean, he is. He doesn't start every day. But when he's in there, I think you I think it was you who called him Babe Ruth. Uh, on Twitter the other day, he's been amazing. He is. I mean, he's he's he's. He was it's in the not KBO. He was I know he was KBO in Korea for three year. years. He comes over the Giants and he just hits. I mean, it's not normal the no. type of production the Giants have gotten up and down their roster. And I just put this out on Twitter this morning, courtesy of the Giants broadcast last night. Uh, Tommy Lastella, when he hit that first inning home run against Darvish in the first game of the series, became the seventeenth uh, player on the Giants this year to hit five or more home runs, which is the most in the history of baseball. No Mm -hmm. team has ever had 17 guys hit five or more home runs. And think about it, Mm -hmm. you only have like 13 position players on your roster at a given moment during the normal 26 man roster part of the season. And so to have 17 guys hit five or more home runs means your depth is hitting five or more home runs. Like guys who aren't even in the major leagues guys who are filling in the Tyro Estrada. I'm sure he's one of them I, without looking it up. Uh, it, it, they, I mean, they keep setting records. Like we could, we could go, I could tell you a thousand things. They've scored six or more runs in nine straight games. Uh, they have a nine game winning streak, which is their, which is their longest since 2004. So the depth people complain, I guess that was to, to, to put a bow on that point is people were like, I don't care about depth. This is a big market team. You've yeah. got the Dodgers and Padres making moves. Why should I care about depth? I only I want stars. Why, why didn't the Giants acquire mm-hmm. stars? I don't care about depth. This isn't the Oakland A's. This isn't the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm-hmm. But guess what? The Oakland A's and Tampa Bay Rays put together good seasons on little payrolls. So there's something you know Something's that works right. about mm-hmm. what they do. And if you have money in addition to having that kind of philosophy – that's how you become a team like the Dodgers. And that's mm-hmm. what the Giants are trying to do. Uh, and the depth, I mean, who's laughing now, right? The the team with the depth is the one that's laughing. And, and the team with the depth is the team that's 95 and 50. But unfortunately for the Giants, just to change the subject a little bit, unfortunately, they only have a two and a half game lead despite all this. And <laughs> yeah. so... You know, it was supposed to be this that replaced the Giants and the Padres, and and that's what people thought this season might come down to. But instead, it's the Giants, and and like you said, who saw it coming like that? I don't think anybody.
1: I think, and when I I think what happened is I was talking to you preseason, where the case to be made for the Giants making at least a run of some sorts to the playoffs this year was that they didn't have too many D plus caliber players; they just had all Bs right? You know what I mean? At the minimum, it was just a bunch of Bs on paper that were like, okay, these are okay players. And then the Padres, while they had multiple A-plus players, right? You've got your, in th- what we thought, you, Darvish, you've got your Tatis, obviously, your Machado, and those guys, they did have some C-minuses and Ds in there, like Eric Cosmer, like Will Myers, Eric Cosmer, who, just go look up Padres Twitter, dirty, gay, bad. I mean, it is a sl- it is slander central over there. Like It is uh, just a a roast emporium for Eric Cosmer, who actually offensively has not been their worst player uh, of the last month or so, which is hilarious. It's actually been more like Adam Frazier and Tommy Pham, but with uh, the giants, they've just, they've just been this team that shows you there are multiple ways to win. And that just going for the blockbuster trade all the time, you know, isn't the way to way to go. You know what I mean? And what I like about the giants is it's not like they did nothing. You know what I mean? They just didn't make the big, you know, we're signing uh, George Springer to an eight-year deal, whatever the heck the Blue Jays gave him, right? They did Descalfani. They're doing all these little deals. They re-signed Kevin Gosman. Um, I think I think you said that they met, they had like seven one-year deals. So they did do something. They just didn't want to go quite yet for the big home run swing. Maybe they're going to do that this offseason. Maybe they go right. out and sign, I don't know, Corey Seager or Carlos Cray. I know that you guys have re-signed Brandon Crawford, but you know, someone of that caliber. I forgot who the free agents are. Maybe they start to spend Bryant, a little bit more on a free for agent. Example. Yeah. Chris Bryant, you, re- you, you re-sign him. You could do that for sure. Like maybe they just decided interesting. I kind of like our team right now though. Let's see what happens next off season. Then we'll spend, maybe we get the shortstop and th- th- they might not even that because Brandon Crawford is an absolute God, but you mentioned with the Dodgers. That's the crazy thing is even despite all that, they're still neck and neck with the Dodgers. It's kind of like, I think betting on either of those two teams is one of those like to whoever wins the division might be a little bit uh might be a little bit difficult some might say Ben but I want to talk about other betting related things for just a second and it doesn't have to do with baseball just yet we'll talk about it with one second because I have some questions for you about the Giants but we're back and better than ever all eyes are on the great iron as teams are back on to start another football season I made a football reference earlier that's right so You guys didn't know football is a pretty big deal in the old United States of America. As always, though, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with new updated site uh, interfaces and even more odds, props and contests. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. It's wild. I might actually go check that right after we're done. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100 when doing so. From football, not just football. Obviously, this is a a whole thing. They got basketball. They got boxing. They even they probably had something on the Met Gala for all I know. You know what I'm saying? Over there at Bet Online, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Also, remember to use the promo code Locked On as well. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And now, shifting gears to something that has nothing to do with sports. Well, I mean, maybe if you're a NASCAR fan, maybe, I guess, because vroom, vroom, the cars and stuff, but whatever. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and miles, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. You don't want to go through all those intimidating questions and whatnot. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, and you save time and money. I imagine, Ben, you just... You love saving money, don't you? I mean, it's, it's really important these days. Why choose yes. to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, their Honda Odyssey fuel pump, it's two it's 216, I'm sorry, uh, from Rock Auto, while it's $353 from chain stores. That sounds like quite the deal. I think I might check this out myself, even though I know literally nothing about cars uh, whatsoever. But they have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor, and even new carpet, so go explore their easy to use website today to find the solution to whatever your auto part car needs are. Remember, go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How would you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliable prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. Sir, segment three, man. Here we go. Let's keep it going. Here We're we go so far. Yes. Here we go. So I want to start this off. You mentioned that the Dodgers are kind of right there. Um, and you can ask me a question on the Padres. Feel free to roast my team if you want. They've been terrible. Um, they've been so bad that you might have seen some of my clown videos that I've been doing on the Twitter. I can't even summon the <laughs> clown energy anymore. <laughs> like, it's just like, I can't even do that. It's like actually genuinely sad. Like it's, it's, it's a comedy, but let me ask you about the Giants. The Dodgers, you were talking about superstars. Do you think that the Giants... Because and and what what I hate is, you know, you're going to have the pundits if this does happen. Say they lose in the playoffs and say they get, God forbid, like it's it's a series that does not go their way at all. Right. Do you think we're going to get a lot of those? See, they built their team using meth. They built that. They tried to just, you know, buy low on guys. And meanwhile, the Dodgers, they showed that this is a superstar sport. How much merit do you think that whole case has it where it's like you can win the regular season? By being smarter with your money and doing what the Giants have done, but you do need superstars to win the postseason because superstars have moments. Randy Rosarina, Cody Bellinger's catch last year, whatever. Is that more of a thing, do you think, for the playoffs?
0: I never think that those narratives are true. And if that happens, I will be frustrated. And um, <laughs> it's, it's always frustrating. And baseball is just one of those games we talked about how it's hard to predict ahead of the season. It's also even harder to predict in the playoffs, I would say. And uh, if you think about it, look on any given night and you'll see one of the worst teams in baseball beating one of the best teams in baseball. It happens on every single night. And so, you know, if the Giants were to go into the wild card game, which remains a possibility because the Dodgers are right there, you very well may go into that wild card game and lose a game to the Cincinnati Reds or the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. And it doesn't mean you were not equipped to win that game, right? Because mm-hmm. every single night, bad teams can beat great teams. And so good teams can beat slightly better teams, right? Like that happens all the time, all mm-hmm. the time. If you look at the Giants, the, the great, great, great season that they're having, they've lost 50 games, right? And, and that's the mm-hmm. fewest in the sport. 50 times they've been defeated, and and yet they're considered I mean, record-wise, the best team in baseball, and so teams lose, and so in small samples of of playoff games, particularly one-game playoff situations, uh, I don't think you can read a whole lot into the results. Which is why I think it's unfortunate. I'm I'm at first I kind of liked the one-game playoff thing; it's exciting, but it's also just not fair. And, if, and in a and in a team in a year like this where one of the Giants or the Dodgers is going to be in the wild card game. It's not fair, and I'm—I say that even with you know the the hate I have in my heart for the Dodgers, uh, in a you know in a friend you know, uh, you know oh mine friendly, friendly rivalry type of way. Mine is friendly, friendly. Don't but... worry, <laughs> mine is yeah, for so, everyone out there. Ben could okay. be friendly. No, I hate the Dodgers. <laughs> right, but I just I have I would feel bad. I just think it's wrong mm-hmm. that. You play so long. I know you have thoughts on yeah. the length of the season, but you play so long, and then your whole it, it's just not right that two that right now the Giants are number one and number two in the sport in mm-hmm. terms of record. And one of them is going to have to be subjected to a single elimination game. While you may have you know, in the in the NL East right now, you've got the Braves at nine games over five hundred. They're gonna get a best of five series. It's not. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. And yeah. I know that wasn't exactly your question, but I don't yeah. know. I, I just I talk about that every chance I get. And it's not just because I feel bad for my team that may be subjected to that. I've been talking about this since 2015, when the in the NL Central they had a hundred win yep. team, a 98 win team, and a 97 win team. So two teams with mm-hmm. 97 plus wins had to be in the wild card game. It was the Pirates yep. who uh, came up on TBT. the short end of that. <laughs> And it Love like the they had like a little run of success going as a franchise, and the wild card game did them in. And yeah. I don't think that's right. I think, um, yeah. you know, we got to fix that with the CBA coming up. So I don't know. That's kind of my it's- random.
1: Cause Thought. on one hand, it this because this has come up in a lot of sports too. Like I remember in football, Seattle Seahawks went seven and nine one year. Again, yes, I'm making the football things. It's been on my mind lately. But like the Seahawks went seven and nine, but because they won their division, they get the home field advantage in a playoff game, and then they beat the Saints. This is you might have seen the clip of the Marshawn Lynch beast mode thing. That's where that comes from. It was it was an iconic <laughs> clip, one of my favorite sporting moments I've ever seen in my life. It's just hilarious every single time. I like be with my friends hanging out, watching football or even basketball and I'd be like, yo, throw on the Marshall and the Lynch beast mode thing real quick. It's just insane, but it does strike you as a little bit unfair, and I don't think you're, like, yeah, a lot of people are going to hit you with the, well, you're just saying that because of Giants, are this and that. The only counter I could offer is that it's not like this is too common. It's not like all of us, like, it, this might just be a historically great division, like you mentioned about 2015, but at the same time, are you missing that much if you just do more of a straight kind of um, seating system, right? Mm-hmm. I'll do it a little bit more you know, streamlined to just make it that, yeah, Atlanta Braves, you gotta play in the wildcard game. You're still in there. Like you could still win that game. It's fine. Like it's all good. But maybe reward the team that has like literally 20 more wins than you. I don't know. Because unlike say football and unlike it's just so long. It's so long and it's so weird to have everything come down to a wild card game. Guess what? The Giants could lose to the Rangers in a one game. You know what I mean? Would I bet mm-hmm. on the Rangers to do that? No, but it's not inconceivable. It's not impossible. A series completely different right but that's my that's my issue is I do think that there's something about the wild card game for baseball while it does make it fun objectively speaking if you're not like involved like you know how much fun i'm going to be having if the cardinals beat the dodgers in a one-game playoff oh my god <laughs> like yeah i, I will do in s- cartwheels jeff snyder <laughs> oh my god you're done you're donezo you, you're <laughs> out here spending like 40 million on trevor bauer you get rewarded by getting max shares at the deadline too bad you know your avengers endgame budget wade miley just took you down i would love nothing more but right the that's the fan in me, the, the kind of analyst or whatever you want to call me is also like, it's just baseball's the one sport that I don't like that. I'm okay with it and stuff like the NBA. I'm a little bit more okay with it like in the NFL because it's not like you've been playing, you know, 67 games uh in the nfl for baseball there's just something weird about it i don't like that i feel like any team can win hey you guys lost to Colorado. i mean you know i was just trying to find your losses and all that it's like oh my god <laughs> it's like so hard to find them there's not like many. Yeah. You, you lost one to four to the rockies oh dear on august 14th you know what i mean like frauds the fraud giants uh yeah it's just been uh I, I think that that's a great point and i think that when it comes to the superstar narrative i think there's some way i've always believed that maybe that there's different that that's where stars show up a little bit more in the postseason or don't. I think there is something to be said for that. Um, that you know, it's like you always have like this postseason hero, these guys that step up. It's really a lot of fun. You had Rosa Reina last year, Bellinger with the catch, Will Smith uh, for the Dodgers last year. Like I do think there is something to be said for having known star players. You might feel better about having a Tatis playing for your team in the postseason or whatever. You just have that vibe that he's going to come up huge. But nonetheless, I don't know. Maybe these guys are stars. Maybe Brandon Crawford is going to be known as this guy 10 years from now where everyone's like, hey, remember when he just figured out how to hit home runs at the end of his career? That was wild. Maybe he's Nelson Cruz in that respect, right? This guy who seems to get better as he's older. Um, The Giants have all these dudes that just found the fountain of youth. Longoria hit a bomb against us the other day. And that was the one thing both of us missed on. We thought he was the one guy that we were like, uh, he's going to be bad this season. No. So I'm wondering what, hey, can you guys like send us some info? Like who were your your batting coaches? Most importantly, pitching coaches, though. That that I would like some help on over in San Diego, because we're getting killed. I mean, we literally fired our pitching coach with like five weeks left to go in the season right. uh, a couple weeks ago. And that's very rare yeah. to happen for sure. Yeah, that the
0: coaches, that's a huge underrated part of the Giants' mm-hmm. success. Unfortunately, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give those secrets away. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna keep them. But teams are gonna pillage their coaching staff. That's what oh, happens yeah. in this sport. Like the Rays. The Rays historically have gotten their coaches kind of swooped in. The Dodgers, people take their coaches and give them promotions and uh, the teams give permission. But unfortunately, that is all the time we have for today. I was just going to say really
1: quickly, like Mets fans, keep an eye. Keep an eye. I guarantee you they're all going to be asking for like whoever the the Giants batting coach is, right? Like that's what's going to happen. It might be. Yeah, it might be just like open season. All the the Giants assistant coaches. But the. The beauty is the Giants have built up
0: such a culture that people want to be there. Mm-hmm. And the Mets, mm-hmm. we all know, have a reputation for having a toxic kind of culture. Oh, yeah. And they've got a lot of work to do oh, to yeah. turn that around. Mm-hmm. So you want to create an environment where people want to be. And the Giants have done that. Gabe Kapler has done a great job. He's going to be the unanimous manager of the year, probably. He's done a for really, sure. really, really good job. And the coaches that he's brought in all new except for Ron Wotus after Bochi left. They've done such a great job. But unfortunately, that is all the time we have for today. Thank you so much, Javier, for uh, jumping on Locked On Giants. It is a lot of fun every time we talk. I can't wait for next time. Giants play the Padres a lot. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Down the stretch here. They still have, <laughs> what, oh, eight yeah. more games remaining, including the last three of the season. So I'm sure we'll talk again. But thank you so much for jumping
1: on. And one last thing, Ben. One last thing. Betting on these two teams, it doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by BenOnline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts from. Ben, it's been a blast. Follow, follow me on Twitter if you guys want, at Javapeno. If you're watching the YouTube version, which is sweet, I'm down below. You could see that. Follow Ben at Ben Caspic all sorts of good stuff on there. Um, yeah, man. Uh, can't wait to see the rest of the, how the rest of the series goes down. Totally. So
0: anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Uh, can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. We do these shows every single day. Uh, you are now locked on giants and locked on Padres. Woo!